class is in session. Hello and welcome to Marvel School for Dummies, Episode 4. We will be talking this week about Iron Man 2. I am your host, Learen Jass. I am joined by my other teacher co-host, Jordan Deeb. And our student and first-time MCU viewer, Victoria Lyman. And, uh, yeah, and like I said, we're going to be watching Iron... We uh, just did Iron Man 2. I will say right at the top, this is one of my favorite MCU movies. I am so excited to talk about it. Um, how, but before we jump into that, how do you like it, Victoria? Okay, first off, you saying that this was one of your favorite ones. I also really, really enjoyed this one and then was very confused when I went on Letterboxd and there were so many three-star ratings. And I was like, it's not that bad. <laughs> A lot of people don't like this one. And like, it's basically, like I said last week, everybody tends to like Iron Man 1 and then most people choose, then did you like 2 or did you like 3? For some reason, I think all are good in their own ways. I, Love I liked, <laughs> I liked this one better than the first one, but like not by a ton. But I didn't think either of them were bad. <laughs> no, no, it's not, not bad. I have a I have a soft spot for this movie because like I have a really fun uh, memory with it, where like in middle school there was like a club that was trying to get started up of like a school newspaper or magazine thing. And I just wanted to talk about movies in it. And so I was able to convince my parents to let me go to the midnight premiere of Iron Man 2. So like that's what be midnight. What? Okay. It had to be the midnight premiere. Yeah, it was like I have to write about it right away. So I need to see it right when it comes out. And it was like on a school night, and I convinced them of this. And it's like one of my best achievements and favorite memories. I ne- I needed to look, so I looked. And uh, yeah, so the the rating curve on Iron Man 2 is like the three is like the highest one. And then like there's more on the two side and then a little bit less on the, the four side. And I was like, I don't get this rating at all. Um, but then then Captain America, the first Avenger. Three. Uh, three and a half, four, like it's flying, and I'm like, because no, everybody, that... everybody loves to suck Captain America's dick. I like, don't that's get it. Literally, all it is. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm sorry. He was boring and bland, and there was nothing interesting happening, and it was like miserable. It was mis- it was a miserable watch. <laughs> it's a setup movie. Like Captain America one is a setup movie. Um, realistically, and. I almost hesitate to say this because I don't want you to go into it with like a bad mindset, but I don't like the Captain America movie. The way people feel about the Iron Man movies is generally how I feel about the Captain America movies. Well, Jordan, you know this. I fucking hate Winter Soldier. Yes. Whereas most people consider it and like you hate it for like more of like character. I think um, I hate it. it's terribly written. It's terribly written. Yeah, I think just most people tend to think it's actually one of the best MCU movies in terms of, like, it's one of the more grounded, realistic action movies. In people's minds, again, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with this. I'm just saying that tends to be the general consensus. Okay. Anyways, we'll get to that. Um, so let's uh, let's just jump right off. Um um, Did you have, like, a lot of questions? Or? No, yeah, I was going to say this one is another one that I feel like it was very, it was pretty straightforward. I was like, okay, I know what's happening. I didn't feel like I was, like, 
I needed like a novel to help myself get through it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, what were you going to say? I was just going to say then, uh, let's just, let's jump right into it. We can go through it. Um, I have a little plot synopsis open on my second screen so that we can kind of go through it with like some semblance of structure. (laughs) Uh, so obviously the movie opens, we're in Russia, um, or in Siberia or Serbia. So we're somewhere like that. I I think it's Russia. Okay. Because later um, they're speaking Russian. Okay, perfect. Uh, we've just, it picks up right from where Iron Man 1 left off with the reveal of Tony Stark as Iron Man. We see um, one of our main villains for the movie, Ivan Vanko? Ivan Vanko. Yeah, Vanko. Uh, played Whiplash. by Mickey Rourke. Whiplash, yeah. Played by Mickey Rourke. Um whose father, Anton, has just passed away. Anton, um, you know, used to be one of Howard Stark's people. (laughs) He didn't, because he didn't really work for S.H.I.E.L.D., but, like, he worked with Stark. Yeah, see, that's where I was confused. I was like, I know there's some sort of, like, correlation between these two, but I, I couldn't totally grasp how they were connected. Yeah, so in the comics, um, he was sent by the Soviet government to sabotage Stark Industries, um, and by extension, the Starks and the development of Iron Man and all that kind of crap. Um, But in the movie, they never fully, you never really get a straight answer on who was telling the truth, Howard or Anton. Yeah. it's kind of just like one of those things where it's like everybody the the person both people think they're right in their own mind and like probably viewed it in a way where they absolutely look at the other person as a bad guy so it's like the true story is probably somewhere in the middle yeah um we see him building an arc reactor very similar to starks um and then we have a little bit of a jump forward to um seeing tony is even bigger of a celebrity than he was in the first one he is the man, the myth, the legend. This this part, it felt like I was like, this is like Scientology. Yeah. <laughs> like they're at the celebrity center. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and uh, we go to. I'm assuming it's Congress. It's like that's supposed yeah, to it's, be like a Senate. It's, it's yeah. like one of those like Senate trials, congressional hearings where like they hear from the public like. They, yeah. th- there's always a bunch of them, but the only ones that ever get aired is like when occasionally celebrities do it, like Seth Rogen, Hassan Minaj, Stephen Colbert. They've all appeared in front of Congress. What's his face for John Stewart? John Stewart yelled at Congress, right? No. Who who does all the 9-11 activism that you're upset That is John Stewart, but I don't think – yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he went in front of Congress. He yelled at Congress. Yeah. Um. Anyways – uh, so they go in, you get my favorite line of the MCU, which is Don Cheadle walking up to Robert Downey Jr. and going, yeah, it's me, get over <laughs> The most metal line. <laughs> it's so, I love it so much. It's just, yeah, it's me, get over it. Uh... Um, I was actually talking about this with my dad the other day because my dad kind of wants, out of nowhere, wants to watch WandaVision. 
quarantine boredness yeah might be has he seen any of the mcu he's seen captain america the first the first avengers the first one and he's seen captain marvel and And he's seen the first iron man on tnt so it's not even the full version good Um, so i mean he started in chronological order so like you know there we go he did not watch it in that order. It went Captain America, Iron Man, and then like two months ago, right before I moved to Cal, literally the night before I moved to California, we watched Captain America as a family. Aww. Yes, Captain it was America, a very Captain sweet- Marvel. Captain Marvel, we okay. watched as a family because my mom wanted to watch it. Um, it was very cute. Cleo for the first time ever because Cleo's always been like weird with my dad. She likes him, but like in small from a distance. She jumped in. He was sitting in a big chair in my living room. She jumped in his lap and went to sleep for the entire movement movie. And he was like, you fucking ass. I've been trying to get this kind of attention from you for two years. And like, the night before you're moving across the country, you're like, snap. Um, But yeah, so uh, Terrence Howard obviously was Rhodey in Iron Man 1. For uh, it depends on who you believe for the reason that he was replaced uh, because those answers tend to. And, and I don't care enough to look into it. Um, Don Cheadle is a thousand times better of an actor than Terrence Howard. He's a lot better. And then now that we've seen him in so many movies, it's like, I can't imagine Terrence Howard continuing uh, being roadie. Well, now Terrence Howard retired, so I mean, somebody would have had to replace him at some point. (laughs) Yeah, basically, I don't think we'd be getting... Armor Wars? Yeah, I don't think we'd be getting a television show with Rhodey, or gotten all the storylines that we get with Rhodey as time goes on, if Terrence Howard had continued. But basically, there was a big falling out between this... At the end of the day, there was a big falling out between the studio and Terrence Howard. Yeah. And John Favreau basically was like, fuck you, we're not replacing you. Or we're yeah. replacing you. Um, also, quick little fun fact. The, um, media, the photo of Ivan being arrested um when tony's doing all the research on him like a few scenes later on in the movie is mickey rourke's actual mugshot from when he got arrested for selling drugs i love that i i love that because they had to clear that by him i'm sure yeah they can't just do that mission no 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 no. they cleared it with him it's just so funny to me that he was like yeah sure i don't give a fuck (laughs) yeah well what are you gonna do make me take another one yeah fuck it use it yeah so uh they go to Congress. Um, Can we um um sidebar on on Rhodey just like in general? Um because mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm a little like I'm just confused on like what like how him and Tony are connected in at all. <laughs> they're just best friends. The, yeah, they're just friends. They, they don't really get into the history because obviously one is Howard Stark's son and continued that path, and then Rhodey's in the military. Yeah, and they yeah, don't really talk about at what point in their life they met. Okay. Yeah. But they're um, just best friends. Okay. Yeah, it's just they're best friends. Um, and people in government know that they're best friends and sometimes try to use Rhodey to um, I could figure out that yeah Yeah, uh, because Rhodey is like a very he's not just in the army he's like very highly respected in his position he's an officer in the air force yeah Yeah. he's not nothing um I think he's a cat I don't remember what he is anymore in this movie he's like he's like giving commands at this point because like he's a little older too 
Yeah, but all officers give commands. No, but that's what I mean. It's like he's not necessarily just combat. Yeah, because he's an officer. That's what those words mean. I'm saying regardless of whether it's general or captain, he's... Because I don't know the rankings or which one he is, but regardless, I'm saying he's higher up. Yeah. Um, that's all their connection is. It's just their friends. Okay. Um, and he, he, as we see, becomes War Machine because Tony gets a little low wild out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gets a little wild. But, anyways. So, um, we're also introduced in this scene to my fa- one of my favorite MCU villains, uh, Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer. Which, Fantastic. Okay. I, as much as I loved that, I don't think it, that character would have worked without Mickey Rourke's, like, mm-hmm. counterpart to it. Like No, yeah, and that's fair. Them together was just, like, it was pure chaos. And I was like, yeah. this is everything I've ever wanted in an action movie. Because I also couldn't really see, like, Justin Hammer's character, nor Sam Rockwell, like, kind of doing, being the actual person Tony's physically fighting. Yeah. Justin Hammer doesn't get his hands dirty, even in the comics. In the comics, he's an old-ass man. He's not the same age as Tony. He's, like, a grown-ass adult. Um, Like, he kind of looks like Hugh Hefner. A lot of the time, he's in a blue, like, smoking jacket. Like, his um, original rivalry is, like, with Howard rather Howard. than Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is the first movie that starts to get into the Howard aging hiccups. Because Howard Stark's age in the MCU makes no fucking sense. Because he's in his 20s and not married in the 40s. He's in his 40s or 50s in the 70s when Tony is born. But his wife is the same age as him. And giving birth. Only like five to ten years younger. And she's the one who gave birth to Tony. And then he's just old all the time. Uh, and when he dies, he's like 80-something. Because, or in his 70s, because Tony's 19 or 20 when he passes away. He dies in 1991, and he was born in the 20s. Yeah, so he's like 21, because he's still in college when his father dies. He's yeah. finishing up at MIT. Um, But yeah, so that's all... You know, and you start to see the beginnings of actually what's going to feed into Armor Wars, where you start to see the beginnings of people trying to copy what Tony has created. Um, We get to see a lot more Happy Hogan in this movie, too. We do. Also, I'm not going to get into it just yet, but, like, the one of the, like, keep an eye out for, like, that senator that was questioning Tony. Because he comes back, not in a major role, but, like, here and there. And it's going to click to you, like, why he was so on top of trying to get Stark's tech. Yeah. Uh, That'll go somewhere. But, sorry, I'm so sorry. Hang on. Can I I point something out that made me me giggle? Because I was like, this has not aged well. Um... There's a part in the beginning when, um, before um, Tony has um, promoted Pepper to CEO, 
he asks mm-hmm. her, I guess she's like not feeling well, and he asks her to wear a surgical mask. <laughs> like, can you please wear a surgical mask while you're around here when you're not feeling well? I was like, oh, well, God. If only God they Lord. knew. For real. If only uh, if any of us knew back in 2010. <laughs> can you imagine? If somebody said that, like, somebody predicted that in 2010. That someday we'd all be wearing surgical masks on the yeah. daily. I mean, hey, there are people all over who, who like to pretend that they predicted it. Yeah. I mean, that, technically, that is a thing that they do in a lot of Eastern countries when they're not feeling well and go out and about is that they will wear masks. Yeah, that's like, isn't like it's in why Japan, it's very normal. Yeah. yeah, it's why South Korea is doing so well. Yeah. It's because that's just like a part of their culture yeah. is that if you don't feel well, you wear a mask. And yeah. China does it a lot as well because of like, there's some areas with really bad air pollution. This has just become yeah. very a very educational podcast. <laughs> hey, once again. Bless you. Our Thank podcast, you. our podcast is dumb, and we just go off the rails. Yeah. There's no rhyme yeah. or reason. It's for dummies by dummies. Yes. Yeah. So, um, we through this Senate hearing, we learned that Tony has actually used the Iron Man armor to negotiate a peace treaty between some major superpowers in the world. Um, and basically, he reveals that all of these people who are fighting against his tech are also secretly trying to develop his own the tech. And uh, then we have a full-on hard shift to Stark Expo. This is where we really start leaning into the Howard Stark is Walt Disney thing. Yeah. Because the Stark Expo is just the World's Fair. Oh, my God. And all the all the clips that they have of Howard later, I'm like, this is this is Walt Disney. This he's, is supposed to be Walt Disney. He, like it, it's this it's the way it's shot. I don't even know that much about Walt Disney, but even I can recognize, like, oh, it's the way it's shot, the way he's dressed. They even give him like the same mustache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary. It just is Walt Disney. And it's very funny because I make jokes a lot that it's like in, in the MCU universe, is there like Starkland? Is it not Disneyland? Is it Starkland and Stark World? That would be hilarious. Like, you know. Mickey Stark. No. Mickey's last name isn't Disney. I know. But it's Mouse. I think though, if there was if there was a Starkland, I, I would assume that Iron Man would be like the the face. I don't know. The mascot? Yeah. Totally unconnected. Uh, some people took some drone shots of Disneyland right now. Marvel's campus looks fucking dope. These I are the first photos wait. we've seen of the construction being done. We're gonna come visit you and we're gonna go. <laughs> so Jordan can get, get some... his spider bot and a droid and a lightsaber and a wand. He can get all four by just coming to visit me. Oh my god, we should all get we should all get um Marvel Mickey ears. Oh. Yeah. They haven't released what the Marvel merch is gonna be yet, and I'm so like I want a Marvel Spirit jersey so bad. I'm gonna go fucking broke <laughs> buying this shit. Jordan's gonna start in OnlyFans just so he can buy merch when he comes to visit me. Pay to see my lightsaber to get me a lightsaber. We all <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. 
Oh my god! All right. First, Jordan, we need the money to get there to have. Oh, I have that. I can afford a plane ticket right now. A plane ticket and a ticket to Disneyland. I have. I have that. But it's like I don't want to come back from this trip with no money, but I also don't want to come back from this trip with no um, replicas of props. Okay. Yeah. See, this is the thing: is Jordan doesn't want to go broke, but Jordan also wants a spider bot, his own droid, a lightsaber, and probably something from the Harry Potter. I okay. I will preface this: the top two are the lightsaber and the spider bot. Well, we'll do some we'll do some math and some ranking of priorities, right? Mm-hmm. And and maybe maybe I can throw you some cash. <laughs> also, I'll buy you a we, gift. You know what? You know what we'll do. Depending on when you visit, Taylor, Victoria, and I will pool our money and get you a spider bot, and no, that'll no, be your fun. Christmas present from all three of us. <laughs> you guys pay me not to. You guys will pay to not see me naked. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's another option too. The anti, just... uh, the anti OnlyFans. Jordan, right. was that you, or is this a this a podcast that I listened to where somebody was like, "I want there to be an OnlyFans, but like, just like that, like you're my friend and I support you, but I don't need to see the nudes." No, that had to be a podcast thing because the way I always present it is, I will like, I'll I'll basically. It sounds like almost like it's um, it sounds almost like um entrapment where i'm like give me money or you will be subscribed to my premium snapchat so this is the spider bot <laughs> and it's remote controlled i love like, it they're the funniest things i can see me playing with that and then learen taking it away from me because of Cleo getting really upset that it's I'm walking it around Laren's studio apartment. Yeah, it's remote controlled. So are the droids though, and that's my big concern here. <laughs> Honestly, what you're probably going to end up having to do is with possibly the spider bot and the um droid instead of you're either going to have to bring a second suitcase or from Disney have them ship it back to your home. Cuz those wouldn't be allowed in my carry-on, right? Not, I don't think you're understanding how big these things are. The droid, I'm kind of disappointed in because it's tall, and that's the thing. It's they're only BB units and R2 units, right? They're variants on the BB. That's what I mean. Like, R2 and the R2, and then they're variants on the BB and the R2. So it's like the BX, I think, is what, and then like the the R unit where like he's a little bit more square or cylindrical than round. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but see, I want like a BD-1 type of droid. I like that shape. I don't know what to fucking tell you, dude. Like, okay. they're, they're doing their best, and you're going to get to see a Spider-Man swing above your head as you walk into Stark Expo. Oh, that's like, fine. I'm cool with that. What, what do you want <laughs> Disney to do for you, dude? I don't know. Just, you know... Oh. I want them to capitalize on Fallen Order a tiny bit more. God forbid Disney gets a little more fucking money. Yeah, well, because it's because they can't introduce things from a video game because people will get confused. You also can get the DJ from the Cantina, which is who I want. Do 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 like that. You get guy. Rex, and I love Rex. No, not that Cantina. The Cantina in the park. Oh, his name is Rex. He's adorable. Anyways, we're so off topic and this is all getting cut okay, out. Okay, so. yeah. So, Iron Man 2. Anyways, so we're now at Spark Ex- Spark Star- <laughs> Stark Expo in Queens. 
not because it was going to be a tie into Spider-Man. I don't believe them for a fucking second that that's why they put it. Oh, no, it's 100% a retcon, but it doesn't contradict anything. The fu- oh, so no, fuck it, it doesn't. It doesn't contradict anything. I just think it's funny that, like, Kevin Feige and John Favreau were like, no, yeah, that was the plan all along. Sure, let's go We were that. thinking this far ahead, guys. Cool. Um, so, uh, it's everything, all these new inventions that will benefit the world. Um, he gets to fly in and have his Iron Man dancers and this big flamboyant entrance and all that crap. Um, he tests his blood in the back and we get a really important piece of information from the movie, which is that the, Jordan, do you want to pronounce the element? Cause I say it wrong every time. I, let me double check what it's called. Palladium? Pallid, palladium? Pallad, palladium? Palladium? Yes, palladium. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, is slowly poisoning his body, is causing him to have blood poisoning, and it's turning his veins black, which is the scariest shit I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. with like the, because it's not even his veins, it starts to look very digital. Yeah. Like the type of poisoning. 10 out of 10, not a fan. Um, oh, I'm sorry, they're at the expo before Congress. Yes, because yes. they hand him the subpoena. The hot chick hands him the subpoena. That's when I, I was talking about that. It looks like Scientology. They're at like the celebrity center. Yeah. It also something something is just clicking with for me right now, but like in Civil War, Tony complains to Cap a little bit that he grew up his whole life hearing his dad talk about the fact that he worked with Captain America, and Tony has daddy issues. Like that's not a fucking secret. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if him getting hot chicks to dress kind of in his superhero costume to dance him is him doing like the uso show that cap did you know i i could see that i was like watching it i was like this is literally like the same thing from captain america i constantly go back and forth over whether or not it was just somebody went hey you know what sells hot chicks and hey, what if I made myself Captain America, but I'm Iron Man? Like the Parks and Rec episode when they try to sell um, vegetables or whatever. With, yeah. With the There's all the hot girl like, wearing the fucking, yeah. Sex sells. Um, this is also the first time we get um, something that will continue through the whole movie, which is that Tony won't take things that are handed to him because of uh, the events of Iron Man 1 with uh, the drug that Big Lebowski injects him with. Yeah. Um, which I like, because that's the beginning. So a big If you forgot the name Obadiah Stain, you could have said Jeff Bridges, but you went with Lebowski. Couldn't yeah. think of Jeff Bridges either. Uh, <laughs> so I went with Big Lebowski, but yes, uh, Obadiah Stain. And I, this is the beginning of where we start to see Tony's... Um, issues with ptsd it's like it gets way worse as time goes on but this is kind of where we start to see those first um appearances and that in and this is the only time they kind of make it look like he tries to handle it with alcohol disney didn't want to lean into the alcoholism thing with tony stark too much so they're like we'll do it for one movie yeah for a multitude of reasons like that's sticky because you also have rdj was it's yeah it's the actor has a history of um addiction disney at the end of the day tries to market to family and kids also if you if you portray alcoholism really badly that's not gonna look good on you yeah 
Um, yeah, so now we're at the Senate hearing. We have the whole thing with Rhodey. We have Senator Stern, which really nobody was stretching any brain cells when they named him that. Um, we find out that Iran is trying to... Iran? Iran. 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 It would be Iran or Iran? Iran. Iran. Or Iran, sorry. Iran. Iran, North Korea, and Justin Hammer are all trying to recreate the suit. None um, of which are successful. Yeah. Uh, Justin Hammer possibly has killed a test pilot i was gonna say i think hammers was actually the one that went the worst when compared to iran and north korea well and then he leans into the mic and was like i would like everyone to know that that pilot is okay and it's like how exactly like how is he okay i don't believe you let he's okay but um, it's also one of those things where it's like, I didn't think he wasn't until you said something. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so this all goes into, this also sets up a lot with Tony as we see time goes on, where he's so adamant about the government having no control over the island. He thinks everything is safer in his own hands. Yes. Uh, which okay. is a storyline that will continue and evolve. Yeah. Honestly, relatable that he's like, I have to do everything by myself. Like, literally me, now, literally me in high school, in college, I hated group work. (laughs) I was like, I'm doing everything by myself. I don't trust people who like group work. Um, If I like the group. No, no. I'd rather just do it by myself, but whatever. Same. So, we're back at home. He's using Jarvis to test the suit. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is when he's testing out the calling it to him, or is that in the next movie? No, that's Iron Man 3, because that's set okay. to a really cool version of Jingle Bells. Okay, dope. Um, Pepper comes in. Pepper is promoted to um, official CEO. She's been acting CEO since the first movie, but it's now official that that is her job. Um, and we are... Um, Introduce. Whoa. <laughs> I, I, was say, I like the suspense. <laughs> My brain just went completely blank and I could picture what I wanted to say and just nothing. No words. Head empty. We see... No words, so, only vibes. Uh, this happens. We jump to the next day and we meet a big name in the MCU, even though we don't know who she is in this first moment. And that is... Natalie. Natalie Rushman. Or... Natasha Romanoff, again, really nobody stretched any brain cells on her fake name. Nope. Nobody tried. Um, You have this really weird scene. This is the beginning of where I don't like how they handle Pepper and Tony's relationship is because we have no idea what their relationship is at this moment. It's like the tension's there, but we don't know enough about their history to be like, did they have anything before or is is this was it professional until they both started feeling something and he it like has that whole conversation coming up that he wants to go to monaco for like r&r and bringing happy makes sense happy is his bodyguard yeah uh, but like why are you bringing pepper because like you're not like she's not his assistant anymore so he doesn't need to bring her everywhere but like he's like used to it but it's like hmm yeah but then you also have him hitting on Nat the yeah. whole time and, like, making these weird sexual comments about Nat. 
the comments are very gross and like i know that like it's not problematic because like that's kind of the point is like his character grows from there but i gen i like the dialogue where he goes i want to get me one of those and pepper goes no or doesn't he say can we keep her or something oh yeah, yeah. he's like can we keep her he's, he's like can we keep her i, I want yeah and she's like no oh my god it was so i was like this this no no, I will it's, say I, I I will admit it's a gross line, but I like the exchange of the comedy, not oh, the line same. itself. I will say, and I'm just gonna say this at the top, and we don't have to discuss it anymore after this. I love John Favreau. Don't get me wrong; he's a fantastic director. This is probably some of the grossest filming in the MCU, and how they film Natasha as the movie goes on. This is it's it's this and Avengers are the big two that it's like. It's yeah. where the stereotype of filming women from the ground up. So you're seeing their tits, you're seeing their ass. Like there's the one pose later on where she's in like this impossible, like crouching pose so that she's like kind of in a superhero pose, but her ass is up in the air. And then there's the, the whole, head. she's getting changed in the car thing. Yeah. Um, Which like, I'm it, sure is something like you do within the job of like, you know, switching into a costume, but like they, she, this I would say is the film where she's most sexualized. Like I know mm -hmm. Avengers has the moments, but I'd say this one. This is, is I would argue most. this is the worst. Um, so we're just saying that up front, that aspect of the film has not aged well. Um, I think John Favreau from how I've seen him film other things such as Mandalorian, et cetera, has learned from that, but that's just kind of a big elephant in the room with this film is like the way Nat is, is filmed is, is inherently sexist. And, yeah. You know, um, this scenes from this movie are what inspired the black widow challenge where people were photoshopping the male characters at, in the same way that like she was posed. Mm -hmm. So there were all those photos of Captain America's butt. And now Captain America's butt is not only me, but has been a top topic of conversation in the MCU. Yeah. Um, nice booty. It's um, America's ass. Does um, oh god, what was I gonna say? Oh, does Natasha's costume ever change? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because that was another thing where I was like, this is very like tight. Her costume becomes always, a lot more realistic. Yeah, it's always a cat suit, just because that's what she has in the comics. No, that's um, fine. They can only vary from it so much, but it starts to get much less leather and much more tactical. Okay. And it zips up all the way. And it zips up all the way, and her ass isn't a different color than the rest of the suit. Yeah. I um, didn't even realize that. Oh, yeah, I never realized that either. Iron Man 2 and Avengers, her ass is a lighter color black than the rest of the suit. So it sticks Not out. enough where it's like, why the fuck did they do that? But enough where you're like, ooh, you guys are trying to emphasize the booty and like, yeah, maybe let's not do that. Yeah. Um, I will just say this too. If you ever have to ask the question, does their costume change? Yes, there's variations to their costume in every movie because Disney wants to sell fucking toys. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I kind of knew that, but I was I was curious more in the sense of does it get less sexualized? Stylist it changes both stylistically and less sexualized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. So, um, she beats the shit out of John Favreau. Uh, I would have given not the, the ultimate fighting champion, Pete. I would have given the world like just that's such an easy reference. It's so easy. Just do it. 
Just do it. It's so, it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> like, come on. Um, so they head to Monaco for uh, some rest and relaxation. And they go to the Monaco 500 because Stark Industries is sponsoring a driver. Where they do not get any rest nor relaxation. Nor relaxation. This, um, this was the part of the movie when I was like, to iron, to man. <laughs> to iron, to man. Uh, was, iron in the man which ended up being my letterboxd review because mostly i was thinking of the fast and the furious movies yeah. no, and there's man. iron five and man seven yes um <laughs> so we meet justin hammer again we meet uh fucking elon musk for a hot minute i um, think i i blinked during that i do not remember it happening you can miss him yeah, I don't think I've like I've never realized it till people pointed out like that's Elon Musk because again, even in 2010, he wasn't like as well known as he was today, and because he wasn't as well known, we didn't know much about him. I also almost missed um, the the part with uh, Stanley as Larry King. I, I, yeah, if he if Rip. Tony didn't, yes, rest in peace, Larry. I'm on Ducktales. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly rip to both of them i was yeah. gonna say it's like wait which one are we saying rip to even though i'm the one Stanley who said it or, or, or larry king both both of them um no but um i would have missed it had i not heard tony say hey larry or something like that and then yeah. i looked up and i was like oh <laughs> larry um larry the lobster so this begins kind of, this is our jumping up off point for the rest of the plot, where we start to see that Tony's way of handling the fact that he's slowly dying is he checks his blood, goes, oh, that's getting higher and killing me faster. Time to do something risky. And he decides that the person that was supposed to be driving the Stark Industries car will no longer be driving the Stark Industries car. He will be doing himself, even though he is definitely not qualified for that. Tony is the definition of here for a good time, not a long, not a long time. time. Yeah, I um, saw um, I saw somebody um, review this movie on Letterboxd and say that Tony is a um, disaster buy, and it made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we find out that Ivan Vanko has joined one of the pit crew like one of the pit crews and under his jumpsuit he's wearing his little arc reactor and his little whips um i love this scene because it is some of it is a it is a good action scene and a hilarious scene all at the same time yeah and like as somebody who usually like i hate action movies this was one that kept my attention because it yeah. just got crazy because it's <laughs> It's, it's like you're dealing with elements outside their control in a unique way. It's like it's not, uh, you know, it's kind of like the trope of like fighting on top of a moving train, but they changed it enough. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also it's not your usual like fight scene. You no. Know? And I also like and this will be something that like I'll connect more as we go through it. But like Tony having that secondary suit in a suitcase that he has Pepper bring around is like this start of this like slight arc he has where he tries to become one with the suit and always have it on him i am i am the suit yeah um, like uh, I, I was gonna say like yeah like i am iron man truly becomes who he is and that like there slowly starts to be stops making us 
distinction between him and the suit. Yeah. So, um, Vonko starts fucking everybody up, whipping all the cars, cuts a car in half, causes the whole pile up. Um, in one of the weirdest product placements in a movie, period, Happy and Pepper keep talking about how they're going to go out there in a Rolls Royce Phantom. And they say it like eight times. And it's like, who watching this I, movie is going to buy a Rolls Royce Phantom? I completely missed that. Yeah, they like, just say it all the time. Get the Phantom. I feel like it's kind of like when somebody buys a MacBook and they forget to use the word laptop from then on. It's like they just yeah. start calling it the Phantom. Yeah. Um, their car gets all sorts of fucked up. Uh, Tony gets the suit out of the briefcase. They fight. I love the scene where, um, go ahead. The part of <laughs> Happy keeps driving into it. Driving into Vonko. Trying to get, try, Tony's trying to get the, the suitcase. <laughs> I don't know. It was just Pepper so and Tony bickering. Thing. She's like, get in the car. Yeah. <laughs> get in the car. I love, I love Pepper yelling at Tony. It is one of my favorite things in the MCU. It was, no, because, like, it, honestly, that would be the three of us if, like, this would be happening. Get me in the car! Give me the suitcase! I would be the one telling everybody uh, to get in the car. Yeah. Uh, so, Vonko is is arrested, basically, because uh, the whips don't work if the arc reactor isn't there, obviously. Um, and uh, I love Vonko spitting at Tony and saying, you lose. It's just enough off-putting that I'm like, ooh, I care about this man now. Also, I think I just remembered, like, the I don't know where they worked together, but it was Vonko and Howard, Vonko's dad and Howard made arc react, made the arc reactor together, and that's why he was the only person that was able to replicate it. He has had, yeah, he had it's, his dad's version of the blueprints. According to Vonko, Howard Stark stole it. According yeah. to Howard Stark, they worked on it together, and then Vonko went fucking apeshit crazy, and or went batshit crazy, and Howard Stark called immigration. Um, so also has an H well, no. Uh, so Justin Hammer decides that he can use Vonko. Um, Stark meets with Vonko. And they talk about the Palladium, and that's a whole fucking thing. Uh, Hammer breaks Monko out of prison with a potato that blows up. That um, was insane. It, yes, it is. It happened so fast. The entire storyline of Vonko and Hammer together is psychotic. Oh, yeah. I love it. Is it is psychotic. I want my word. Yeah. You need to go to Russia and get my fucking cockatoo. And the audience is never going to get an answer as to why he wants the cockatoo. Yeah. He wants it. It's his pet. <laughs> um, True. Honestly, I feel like if a guy was like, what do you need to make this suit? I'd be like, you have to bring me Cleo. Good. Is the answer within her? No. Just want her No, around. I just need her to be able to work. <laughs> um. So he escapes. Uh. Tony and Pepper are on their way home watching the news. In another bit that has not aged very well, Senator Stern is on Bill O'Reilly's show. Yeah, oh Riley Factor. I was going to say that. Here's the thing. Wait, are you saying it has an age role because Bill O'Reilly is like a sexual creep or because Bill O'Reilly's Bill O'Reilly? 
Both. For so many reasons, it just hasn't aged well. I feel like the I kind of feel like they knew what they were doing. Obviously, other than the sexual harassment allegations, Bill O'Reilly being who he is, and like Stern is clearly a more conservative congressman. It's kind of be like um, if Ted Cruz appeared on like Tucker Carlson. Like I feel like they knew what they were doing by picking Bill O'Reilly. But you're oh, right; yeah. they had to hire and pay him. But we. But what I mean is also that like. You can tell that this movie came out in 2010 when Fox News was still a joke, just like a joke. Rather than being a threat. Rather than a propaganda machine. Like, um, that's where it hasn't aged well. Yeah, fair enough. In 2010, it was, hey, like, you can't use Fox News because they're not subtle about the fact that they're a Republican news source. Like, but it's whatever. It doesn't matter. Now, it's like, you can't use Fox News because half of what they write isn't factually accurate like it's just a lie yeah um so uh you know it might now we know that stark might end up being arrested for perjury um and this is because he had told senate and the other countries that they were 20 years off from having anything close to the iron man suit um they have this really weird conversation between Pepper and him where he like is like, here's a meal. Here's like some gourmet food. By the way, I might be dying. But like I'm not gonna tell you the whole truth about how I might be dying. No, he doesn't even say, he doesn't even get to tell her. Yeah. Wait, was this a gourmet food? I thought he showed up with the strawberries. Or is that later? That's, That's later. Got it. This is there on the plane and he's like, here's a gourmet meal. And she's yeah. like, she, cool, dude. Like she kind of stops him from even saying anything because she's like we we have shit that we gotta deal with right now Mm -hmm. so he doesn't even get to tell her um so we're back home we're back in malibu tony launches an investigation to yvonne vanko we see the fun photos from when um mickey Rourke got arrested on drug charges (laughs) (laughs) um and basically you find that Bonko was Howard Stark's partner and one of the co-founders of Stark Industries. Howard Stark found out that Bonko wanted to sell all of these weapons to the Russia to Russia, and had him arrested for treason and deported back to Russia. Um, and then he was imprisoned in Russia, but they never are quite clear as to why he was imprisoned in Russia. Um, yeah. Other Reference. than just maybe he got imprisoned because he failed. I don't know. I was it. It wasn't very clear at all. No, it's just kind of like they sent him to bump up nowhere, Russia, and were like, "Hey, stay there." And now his son has been been trying to uh, seek revenge. Um. Tony collapses. Finally, reveals to somebody that the Palladium is is killing him. That somebody being Rhodey. Um. And we find out that Rhodey is working very hard to stop the Pentagon, who basically the Pentagon wants to go in with a warrant and take everything in Stark's Malibu house um, and be like, this is the armies now. And so Rhodey's fighting that. Um, We have the very weird scene where he says to to Nat, what would you do if it was your last birthday? And she was like, I do whatever I want with whoever I want. And it's very weird. Yeah. 
I'm fine with Tony making comments about her, but her also being like, mm, I want to fuck you. Well, I always took it as out. like, see, I've always taken it as like, she's aware of her attractiveness, but she's enough of a trained spy that she can use her sexuality to her advantage, which in a way is actually very, I think, progressive. I, well, that's why I she's was... sterilized. Never mind, we'll get into that Well, no, later. yeah, that, that's a whole different thing. We'll get into yeah. that later. Jordan, I was kind of on the same But it's like, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. I just, I don't like the way she's written in the movie. It's, it's like, like, it's like the espionage fair. equivalent of like flirting to get free drinks. But you know, <laughs> information <laughs> instead of tequila. An arc like, reactor instead of a, a vodka cram. are you getting? Like, Nat's storyline in Iron Man 2 is not one of my favorite storylines. I get it, but I also don't love the way they did it. But we'll get to that in a second because we're about to really dive into it. Yeah. Well, I will also say, for as much as I love this movie, and I know a lot of people overly hate it, it does have a little bit of, like, a pacing issue because they are setting so much up. They're trying to get the Avengers established, Nick Fury, Romanoff, and then you have Hammer kind of being in the background even though he's not like the guy getting his hands dirty so like there is a lot going on and i think that a lot of the writing falls flat because of it yeah anywho um so tony pisses himself in the suit full circle we just got we just went full circle and um roadie puts on the mark ii suit and challenges Tony to a fight, and I think it's one of the best fight sequences in the MCU. It's just fun and weird, and him telling the DJ to put on good music is, like, very funny. It's um, also, like, this thing where it's like, okay, one of them knows how to use the suit, but is also belligerently drunk. Yeah. The other guy's learning like, how he goes. Yeah, but, like, he's more he's more there right now, and he's also, like, you know, in the um, military. And once again, um, this movie, I thought, was just, it was just so good with the action sequences. As somebody who hates action sequences, I enjoyed every single one of them. Yeah. Marvel has a lot of, like, cliche action sequences, but, like, there's a lot of creative ones sprinkled throughout the MCU that I like. Yeah, it's not until you get into the big group movies that their action sequences get really shitty. (laughs) Right. When they have too many people to film, the editing starts to get a little funky. Because they have to show everything and not everybody can kind of have a gimmick necessarily. So trying yeah. to just punchy time. And the way they show it, it's like, like Cap has no powers outside of he's Super got a strength. shield he can throw and he can hit really hard. Like, yeah, you know, um, yeah. so uh roadie flies off he flies to the um edwards air force base in california and delivers the mark ii suit to them and hammer is brought in to investigate it or look at it okay now this is the part that i was saying i will just watch this scene regularly when hammer is like trying to pitch them the different weapons yeah i love his fucking like the dialogue the way he says it i love roadie and the his partners just face not reacting at all um yeah it's very well put together ah and then the and then the weapon being called the ex-wife because it eats everything in its path yeah oh i love that fucking scene 
I just, I love him. Like, he's just so clearly having such a good time. Yeah, like, the way the Monte Cristos, the Cubanos, like, the way he's just introducing these weapons. He calls, um, he calls the grenade launcher, because you could also put tear gas in, he's like, oh, hippie control. Yeah. Um, so then, it's the next day, one of the most iconic scenes of the MCU happens, which is Tony sitting in the donut at Randy's Donuts. <laughs> It's a consistent day, mood of mine. Like one day I will make it to Randy's Donuts. Do you think is it real? People... Yeah. It's like an LA landmark. Do they let oh. people sit in the donut? No. <laughs> uh I... he's at the first, like the famous there are Randy's all over, but he's uh, at on the... the on the topic of donuts, the other day I really wanted a Dunkin' Donut. Um, I know they're not good. Compared to like real donuts, but I really wanted one. I will devour a Dunkin' Donuts Boston cream donut at any time of day. There are so many good donut places out here. I'm jealous. (laughs) Um, I drive on a semi-regular basis 45 minutes up to Universal City Walk to go to Voodoo. I get Voodoo donuts. I'm obsessed with them. And... Another thing that we have to add to the list when we go to visit Learen. <laughs> so far, it's just a lot of, like, Disney and food. Yeah, that's good. This is my list of things I need to do when California opens back up, and I just keep adding things. But we at the top have Disneyland, duh. Universal, duh. Knott's, duh. Um, is the Hollywood sign up there? Or is, like... No, because nothing you could go to. You just pass it, right? No, you can go. You can hike to it. It's yeah. in Griffith Park, and we'll go to Griffith Park. Um, I will say right now, uh, any famous street in Hollywood that you can think of, for the most part, is dirty and gross. Oh no, I just want to see the sign. You right now, yeah, we're gonna go because it's up by Universal. So like, I have Griffith Park on here somewhere too, but it's like, um. Pink's Hot Dogs. I've already been to Voodoo Donuts, but I have Randy's on here. I have a bunch of stuff on here. Not that we have to do every one. I have little ones that I want to take you guys to. But I want to try them first. Anyways. Um, so yeah. Uh, he's approached by Nick Fury. Um, who tells um, this is the one moment that it's revealed that Thor and Iron Man 2 and Incredible Hulk all take place in one week. Because basically Fury is like, you're the least of my worries right now. I have like two other major things going on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this, it sounds to... so much like a throwaway line, but. Yeah. Um. Well, and I mean, to be fair, only Hulk was out. Thor wasn't yeah. out yet. Um, yeah. So what he's, Hulk has already destroyed Harlem. Thor is a, Thor's hammer has landed. Thor yeah, well, that's, that's the end credit scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they start talking about the Avengers initiative, um, and S.H.I.E.L.D. It's the first introduction we have to S.H.I.E.L.D. Jordan, do you remember off the top of your head what S.H.I.E.L.D. stands for? No. Okay, hang on. Why do I feel like I know? Because you've wa- watched it like two days ago. No. Strategic hazard intervention, intervention, espionage, logistics, di- directorate. Why did I think it was division? 
It might Indeed. be division. I thought it was division. Two. It is division. Yeah. Sorry. I knew strategic and division. Yeah, it's division. Yeah, it's this. The uh, so originally it stood for Supreme Headquarters International Espionage and Law Enforcement Division. Now it's Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. Got it. Yeah. Dope, 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 dope. Um, that's our first introduction in Shield. Shield was created by Peggy Carter and Howard Stark, and this is where we find out that Howard Stark was one of the creators of um Shield, not just that yeah. he worked with them. And that's the premise of like Agent Carter, right? Agent Carter is, yes, the development of Shield post-World War II. Agent Carter also goes a lot into it just at its core outside of Shield because it's not her as a director, it's her beginning in Shield. And it, Agent Carter has a lot to do with gender politics <laughs> um, because it's basically she was high up in the military in Captain America 1 and they really lean into the whole thing that they dumped women after World War II and were like, we don't need you anymore. Like, go back home. You had your time. Stop make, working. Make me a sandwich. Stop stealing jobs from men is basically what it became. Um, that you're stealing, you're stealing jobs from veterans, um, coming home from the war. Anywho, um, so he basically assigns, um, Phil Coulson, which, is this the first time we see Coulson? It is, because if you didn't watch the post credit scene, this is the first time you've seen of Iron Man 1. You, you've, you haven't seen Nick Fury before, but it's, impl- they make it very clear that they've met before. This is the first time we see Coulson and Tony's introduced to Coulson. Yeah. Wait, um, no, no, no. What the fuck am I saying? Coulson's at the very end of Iron Man 1. Like, the very, very end for, like, five seconds. Yeah. Okay. But where like, he's just, like, where he introduces brief. S.H.I.E.L.D. and then Tony turns him away. This is the first time we truly know him, but... Yeah. Okay. Um, and we find out that Natalie Rushman is actually Natasha Romanoff, um, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that they, they put in Stark Industries to watch Tony. Um... And that they, he's under investigation from S.H.I.E.L.D. And basically everybody's going to stay there. S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to stay there, lock Tony in his house, and tell him to, to figure out, you know, um, his life. I didn't realize how early on um, Natasha shows up in these. Like, I knew she it, who she was and, like, that she existed in the MCU. I didn't realize that she shows up this early. Nat and Hawkeye have some very weird introductions into the MCU. I would argue Hawkeye's is worse, but yeah, they're yeah. they're very clunky. Nat's is at least like introduced. It's like, ooh, I wonder where she'll be. Whereas like Hawkeye's is like, I feel like is more of a tease. And both of them truly come become a little bit more of characters in Avengers. I yeah. forgot about Hawkeye. That's Jeremy Renner, right? Yeah. Oh, he God. appears for the first time in the next movie. Yeah. Um, so they basically confine him in his home and give him all this old shit of Howard's, um, and, uh, they start looking at the film reels where Stark, where Howard is yelling at Tony and in general being a shitty father. Um, and this is where he finds out that the diorama for Stark Industries is actually the blueprint for the arc reactor. And this is once again, where it looked like Walt Disney planning mm. disney world <laughs> not specifically was it the arc reactor i thought i thought it was the the element yes like, sorry the element which yeah. is which is actually just vibranium and this is one of the things that gets weird based on order of the movies where 
in this movie, they start, they make it sound like Howard discovered vibranium, but Captain America made it sound like, oh no, they knew what this was. Yeah. That's what, Captain so, America 1 was out already. No, Captain America 1 was the last movie to come out before the Avengers. Are you that, sure? Yes. Because release orders Iron Man 1, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, Avengers. Iron Man 2 is 2010. Yeah, and this is Captain America. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's really... Regardless, I don't well, think it matters. We're watching in time. I'm watching in time. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going into that debate. I'm just saying, like, this is a this technically gets a retconned, and it's like they've known about Vibranium for a while. Um, I wouldn't even call it whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so they build this whole, this new shit. Coulson comes in and basically is like, you're free to go, go. And I'm going to New Mexico, which sounds like a throwaway line, but again, is the setup for Thor. Um, Vanko, you know, has, we flash over to Hammer Industries we find out that Bonko has decided that it's not going to be Iron Man suits. They're just going to be drones, um, which deeply upsets Hammer for a, reason. a lot of reasons. This is also the scene that takes place inside the SpaceX factory. Yeah. Hammer Industries is SpaceX. Um, so, yeah, Hammer gets really mad, locks Bonko in a tiny room with two guards and kills his bird. Um- can we can we sidebar for a second? Because this once again is where I feel like I get confused on people's motives. Like I don't understand Justin Hammer's motives. Maybe I just didn't understand him he, as a character totally. He just wants to be better than Stark. That's both. So both Vanko and Hammer basically have their lines because they both just want to get back at stark for different reasons like one actually wants to kill him hammer just wants to be better than him and hammer industries and stark industries used to be direct competitors okay now because they both were making weapons weapons now stark has stopped stark industries doing that which inherently would be better for hammer industries but instead tony is now helping forge peace treaties and it's in Hammer Industries' best interest for war to continue. He's a world frontier. I think I, I missed that, that that was, like, what his company was. Yeah, he's a war profiteer. <laughs> Justin Hammer's a war profiteer at the end of the day. Okay. He's a company that just makes makes weapons to sell to various um, countries. This, though, once again, then goes back to Iron Man 1, where I feel like, I don't know, the motives aren't clear enough. And I wish, I just wish there was just a tiny bit more like for the villain to be like this, this is the reason I want to kill Iron Man. At the end of the day for Iron Man 1 and 2, it really just, because Iron Man 3 is a totally different thing, but Iron Man 1 and 2, it's Tony is now against war and is actively doing things to ruin war profiteers' profit margin. I would say, if you want to get slightly broader, every Iron Man villain is Tony Stark once pissed me off. (laughs) And for some reason, when Tony Stark pisses you off, you hold that grudge. Honestly, that could just be said about the Starks in general. Because later on, we have movies where, what was your motivation? Oh, Howard Stark. I mean, technically, yeah, Vonkos goes back to Howard. I mean, how far from home was a disgruntled Stark employee? 
Herbert Wong is a disgruntled uh, Ant-Man is all around a disgruntled Stark employee. The Starks make people mad. Not really. Yeah. No, Ant-Man That's is... his whole thing. That's Pym's Darren whole Cross. thing. But Pym's not the villain. No, but like we have one. I'm not saying he's the villain. And then you go from there and what's his nuts in Ant-Man 2 is all comes from Howard pissed off Pym. Yeah. A lot of the MCU comes down. This is where the MCU and Star Wars are very similar, where one family made a lot of people really, really angry, and that caused a lot of issues for people who have nothing to do with it. Yeah, and if we're going to find out that the only reason Thanos wanted to kill Earth was because, like, one of Howard's spaceships, like, fucking hit his car back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, okay, so I just have to accept. That there isn't a lot of motives, and I just it just have to that just has to be the normal. Some villains have different motives. No, Iron yeah. Man three has a stronger motive in their villain. Okay. okay. There's a reasoning all behind it. Yeah, no, uh, like saying that they're all just mad at Tony is very, very base level. I would say no, for the first yeah. one, it really is just Tony stopping them from making more money. Like, yeah. that's yeah. what it is for the first two. Iron Man 3 gets into a other weird, dark place. Okay. Um, anyways, Iron Man 3 is dark. I will warn you right now, that is a dark movie. It's also a little bit movie. of ways to get there. Anywho. Um, so... Hammer unveil unveils his medical drone, his uh, military drones, and Rhodey in a super super weaponized version of the Mark II. Um, we find out that Vanko changed it to drones because he wanted to have complete control, and that he, you know, is basically sending them to fuck everything up. Um, they all so hogan and happy hogan and romanoff go to the hammer queen facility to try and stop bonko while Rhodey goes with stark to try and like knock out some drones i loved that so much just i in the park is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, yeah when they're back to back and i'll also say i think vanko making them drones is actually one of his better like decisions yeah, you don't kill a pilot if they're drones. You don't kill a pilot and you could control hundreds of these from one location and, like, do more damage yeah. or good up to the person driving, I guess. But, like... And, like, there's an argument that can be made later on that it inspires Tony, but yeah. we'll get that later. Um, and, I mean, hey, in the comics, Tony makes the suit able to go out without him. Yeah. In, the, in fucking Homecoming... Tony makes yeah. it. Well, I mean, yeah, we, we I see the start of it in happens. Iron Man 3. Yeah, we see the beginning of him being like, I have remote control suits that don't need a body. Yeah. Um, so when they get there, they find that Vanko killed all the security guards. We get a very funny scene with Happy that I enjoy where he takes down one guard, turns around, and Nat has <laughs> taken down six, and he's like, He's like, I did it. I got him. And then uh, he looks we glossed over the part that when Justin's when Justin Hammer's doing his thing on stage, he has that little dance. Yeah. Oh my god, I was in tears. I was laughing so hard. Um. So, uh, yeah, and then Vanko comes out in his new updated suit with his his whips and and crap. Kinky. Um. Yeah. And, um, 
Romanoff and Pepper have have Hammer arrested, which that entire scene is great with him trying to convince Pepper not to call the police. We also uh, see a a little bit of him in jail in the, like, Marvel has, like, these little side short films, and there's one that's connected to Iron Man 3. That's actually All Hail the King. All Hail the King, which is really good, and, like, you see him in jail. You don't need to watch it. I've never watched any of the shorts, and I still understand what's going on. They were just like... Oh, no, they're literally just fun added things, but, like... Um, it's not something you need to watch. The focus right now is the movies. Once we get through the movies, then we can explore other things. Yeah, because Jordan, I, I've realized this this week. From reading something on Wikipedia, Victoria has to watch WandaVision. I, I mean, I would, I was probably going to eventually. Yeah, but like we're far from that. No, I know we're far away. I just realized that today, though, is because... The Spider-Man director worked with the guy who wrote and directed WandaVision. Well, like, they all work together. Like, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man 3, and WandaVision, the directors all work together and there's to a lot make to sure do, it would flow. There's a lot to do with the multiverse in, in WandaVision. Yeah. We, we don't fully know where that's going with WandaVision yet, but, uh, yeah, WandaVision plays We know it's going Strange. somewhere. She's going to be in Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness. Yes. Like, she has something to do with it. Like, oh, that we don't know the, I just said we don't know the details of it. Yeah. But, no. yeah, I just realized yeah. that. I was like, oh, because I was saying it to Devin. I was like, if you want to understand anything coming out of the MCU in the next few years, you need to watch WandaVision. Like, it's not optional. It's but, not like Mandalorian. But it's not like... It's not oh, bad. I have to watch it. He it's so fucking good. He just keeps getting distracted. Uh, so, yeah. So, they get control over the suits again. They kill all the drones. Um, he's got the fucking plasma whips, and they're in the park, and that scene's fucking crazy. Um, we get to see Rhodey and Stark really work together for the first time, which I love because yeah. their friendship is so precious and the way it continues is very precious to me. It, it was really nice to see that moment of them together. Yeah. Um, they take Vanko down. Um, again, we get something that we see in almost every Iron Man movie in the planet, uh, where Stark goes, fuck, Pepper is about to die. I have to race to save her. Which happens in almost every Iron Man movie. Actually, yes. no, it happens in every Iron Man movie. And I know, like, a lot of people didn't like the ending of this movie, which, like, to me, I'm not remembering why. But, like, there is an alternative ending where, like, Mickey Rorick has her in, like, the whip wrapped around her, like, ready to turn it on. But, like, it ends just fine anyway. But, like, she's always in trouble. Regardless, yeah. they always knew that was going to be a thread. Yeah. Um... She quits Stark Industries. He finally comes clean about his heart. Um, we get a very funny scene where they have this whole back and forth, and then you turn, and Rhodey's been standing there the entire fucking time. Loved it. He's like, oh, uh, did you want me to leave? Did you want me to leave? Because uh, my car got crushed. So. And he goes, yeah. oh, I'm going to be taking this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I need the suit. <laughs> um, and... Then he also says, I was here first to get your own roof. Yeah. Um, so then we are told that Stark is unsuitable to be an Avenger. Nick Fury comes back in, there's a debriefing, and he tells him that S.H.I.E.L.D. has decided that Stark is too unstable to be an Avenger, but they'll keep him on as a consultant. Um, 
and Stark does, Tony does one of my favorite things in the MCU of his like stupid little personal digs at people where he was like, I'll do it. However, you have to manipulate it so that Senator Stern has to personally prevent, present us with our medals for bravery because it will bother him. And I think that's funny. Um, and then, and then he pricks him when he give when he gives him the pin. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the map that Nick Fury has up, like, with circles, there is a circle that's labeled Wakanda. Yeah. About, like, where um, potential Avengers might be. Ooh, I have a whole, I have a whole, I have an Easter egg thing that we'll go into after this. I was ready this time. I looked shit up. Um, we love research. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we have the post credit scene where Agent Coulson is seen driving to uh, this crater in New Mexico, and he calls Fury and says, we found it, and it's the... Mjolnir. Thank you. I can't say Thor's hammer correctly. How did you say that? Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Okay, I'm never gonna say that word ever. You you could do the Cat <laughs> Jennings and just call it Mew Mew. Yeah, Cat Jennings character Darcy and Thor all the Thor movies calls it Mew Mew because she can't say Mjolnir. Oh, there you did it. Um, I can't think about it. Is the problem if I try to read it or I'm thinking about the fact that I can't pronounce it? I can't say it. I, it's I have because to it's because it. it's Nordic and the J makes the Y sound, so it goes yeah. against you. My car the other day called you. It had never did this before, but it called you Lieren Yas. Yes. Because <laughs> I thought you were just Nordic for some reason. I am, I mean, to be fair, I am or, almost completely Nordic. Yeah. Could have been like like Spanish. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but that would be um, two Y's or two L's, I mean. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It would be Haas. Ha- yeah, Haas. Haas. Lear and Haas. <laughs> um, so that's kind of the film. I love the movie. I think it's one of the best it is uh, standalone good. um i won't say it's the best in the series because i don't think that's true but i think it is one of the best standalone movies um what give me give me opinions tell me tell me what we were feeling yeah i mean i don't know i said it a few times already but um i really i really did like this one um and i once again as somebody who hates action sequences i thought all of the ones in this were captivating and entertaining and kept me interested yeah um the only time i almost fell asleep there was not an action sequence happening i was just under a blanket yeah (laughs) very comfortable watching it and i was like nap time and then i was like wait no i'm watching a movie yeah um so this film originally, what what we've seen in this film is actually very different than what was originally planned. Um, so the next Iron Man movie, Iron Man 3, is the first Iron Man movie not directed by Jon Favreau. And the reason it's not directed by him is because Marvel was so, like, aggressive about having control over what they were doing. It, like, caused this huge issue um, because... It basically, like he was, st- he was rewriting the script as they were filming. Like, um, because Shield wasn't originally as big of a role, but they were like, "Hey, we need Shield to be in there to establish Avengers because this is the only movie we can establish it in." Because we can't introduce Shield and move forward with the Thor movie storyline in Thor. We need to already know that Shield exists and like that whole thing. And there were plot lines that they wanted in that he didn't. 
Um, and we'll see this continue as Marvel goes on. Another big one that um, people always point to is a Avengers one or two is the which one does Joss Whedon direct? Both. Two. Both. Avenger the Avengers movies. Marvel was really uh, on Joss Whedon. Two is it. the bigger one. Two is like, and you'll know we'll talk more about it. It's like the farm scene. He had to fight to keep that in there. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff that that early on Marvel did not make things easy for the people directing. Yeah, it, the, like this movie, like I like it. It's enjoyable. It's very fun. But you can see the kind of like too many cooks in the kitchen type of thing where yeah. like and historically with superhero movies, that has been a bad thing. That is what killed like the original Spider-Man 3 was because what Sam Raimi wanted to do and what Sony wanted were completely different and they forced him to do both. Well, that's the big issue with the DCEU, too. All the producers hired Zack Snyder. And, like, here's the thing with Zack Snyder. You can't look at him and go, oh, you're not going to make a movie just like every other movie you've ever made before. You have a directing style. And, like, that's what you're going to do. And, like, that was the whole thing with Deadpool, with Black Panther, with Wonder Woman, where they were given a budget. And it wasn't a big enough budget where they were afraid they were going to lose a fuck ton of money. So they let them just go. And those projects ended up all being chef's kiss yes deadpool had to fight a bit and they had to they basically had to let that cgi test footage leak for people to be like oh this is good um the dceu also suffered from like they didn't want don't hire a director if you don't want their directing style i'll say that marvel has kind of let the directors have their own style which i think has made the mcu better and we'll talk about this with thor too is that like you can't hire a director and then say you can't direct the way every other project you've ever done you can't direct to your directing yeah and you know but the the other problem dceu had was they wanted to make Zack snyder who is really only just a director the kind of kevin feige role where it's like you you're overseeing every project to an extent and you're kind of keeping the general continuity good but you're letting as as it goes on, the directors kind of get more. I'm just saying, g- generally speaking, the continuity and overarching story is more there in the MCU than the DCEU. And the problem is with the DCEU is like you can't give that role; someone has to volunteer. Yeah, and you can't just make it a person. They didn't just go, "Oh, hey, Kevin Feige, you directed one of the movies. You're in charge of this now." Yeah, imagine if John Favreau had to just be the Kevin Feige of all this. And like yeah. I'm not even speaking like I'm not saying this in like, oh, I'm praising Feige. I'm just saying like he chose to do it and he w- knew what he was in for. Whereas Zack Snyder was like, You want me to do what now? What am I doing? Oh, oh, cool. <laughs> dope, 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 dope. Love <laughs> this. Um so uh also a little fun thing, all of Whiplash's identifying features were Mickey Rourke's idea. Like, he paid for the gold teeth overlays. He The cockatoo was his. He adopted a cockatoo and brought it on set and was like, this is my cockatoo. Why is Mickey Rourke not- real? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is my cockatoo. I have Why adopted I- him. I would like him to be in the film. <laughs> Why am I not surprised by that? Like, at all? It's I did. Just- <laughs> um... Also, this movie was almost the end of Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. <gasps> Who are they going to replace him with? 
No, it was, he was promised way more screen time in Iron Man 2. That's the only reason he agreed to it. And then with all the stuff going on with Marvel interfering, his role got really cut down. And he basically said to Jon Favreau, you lied to me. I'm not coming back for the rest of these movies. I don't like working with this studio. Um, And then there was this whole thing with contract negotiations. And he was the first actor that they did one of those nine picture deals. Because they knew they couldn't lose him. Yeah. Because Fury's yeah. the connecting tie to everything. He's, he's the connected yeah. tie, especially in the first phase. And then I feel like his his agreement to do these movies goes back to the early 2000s when they started the Ultimate Universe. When they changed things up and they were like, let's do... let's." Uh, Nick Fury in the mainline comics was white for a very long time. He's a and white they ulti- guy. Yeah. Played by David Hasselhoff in the like, late 80s, early 90s. It's kind and of like, terrifying in the comics. Good. No, and like David Hasselhoff like looks fairly much like he mm-hmm. should. Like, And then in the early 2000s when they did like that remix with the Ultimate Comics, they were like, hey, we want to make Nick Fury black. And for some reason, specifically like Samuel L. Jackson. And they like got his permission. He's like, fine, but I have to play him if you make a movie. And they're like, yeah. all right. And, uh, yeah, he, he was the first one that they got the nine picture deal. And then it was after that, that they were like, all right, Chris Hemsworth, you're a nine picture deal. Chris Evans, like, we're not losing any of you. We're locking you into these multi-million dollar nine picture contracts. Um, and he, Samuel L. Jackson definitely extended his, he's definitely more in, in more than just nine. Yeah, they extended yeah. his contract after that, but the original one's nine. Um, because you have to remember at this point, they didn't know if the MCU was going to go on past Oh, yeah, years. yeah. Um, I think that's smart though on, on their part, because like, yeah, if you lose any of those actors, it just, it, it starts to fall apart quickly. Yeah. I mean, Um, like Hulk being probably the biggest actual face that was recast, like that fucked up a lot of things. Like regardless of the fact that it was a bad movie people don't even realize that it's part of the continuity because it's a different person. And that's okay. It doesn't need to be there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have known if you guys didn't tell me. No, and I, again, I'm saying this one was an exception because this movie was so different and bad. But like, if that had happened with any other movie, it would have probably done more damage. Yeah. You know, who can't hold a movie on his own as a character. The Hulk. Do you know who can barely hold a comic line on his own as somebody who loves the Hulk comics? The Hulk. Unless it's Professor Hulk or something like that, because you can't have a. It's hard to have a character that is a caveman yeah like that's difficult um but yeah um mickey work also uh had a very hard time they had to train him in how to use a computer because he didn't really know how to use the technology they were handing handing him and he didn't look comfortable with it that's kind of sweet just because he's old basically you how say that sweet he? until they hire one of me or my coworkers to just go and teach him how to hold a fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also that he spent months training on a treadmill and doing weightlifting and still couldn't wear that vest and be able to move in it. So they just, just cause it was so heavy. So they just, all of his physical training things, they put a weighted vest on him and he had to run on the treadmill with a weighted vest. So his body would just get used to having, Oh my god. Yeah. I like how that was their like solution rather than like, hey, can we make this lighter? Yeah. Yeah. 
No. He's he's 68. And that's why he looks so weird to me. It's like a 68-year-old shouldn't be that muscular. No, but he is. I um, mean, this movie was also No, but if you look at him now, ago, he's still like just uncomfortably muscular for no, a man. No, no, but I'm I'm more talking about him not knowing how to use a computer. Like oh, yeah. he feels a little I don't know. Also, um, all the newspaper clippings or videos of young Tony Stark are also pictures and videos of pop from paparazzi of Robert Downey Jr. when he was younger. That's not any like movie magic. They were just like, "Hey, let's steal some photos." Yeah, I could. Tell there are enough pictures. photos of RDJ somewhere. Let's just grab them and use them. Yeah. Um, they have yet to use his mugshot in the MCU. That might be a little too. No, too... I, know, I know. Using like Mickey Rourke's, he got arrested once. Robert Downey Jr. almost died. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, Mickey Rourke also went to Russia during this and um, went through all this research of Russian tattoos and like the type of tattoos that different mobs and different like criminal groups in Russia have and all this shit because he wanted them all to be accurate and he went to like he wanted it to represent like the Russian heritage and the prison gangs in Russia since Vanko has been in and out of prison and like any of the like clubs that he would have been in. Um, he also was really, really mad that so much of Vanko's stuff got cut from the movie. Mickey Rourke took this role incredibly seriously. I could tell. Which like, yeah. I'm impressed in a way, like good for him. Yeah. I, I don't think this character would work without somebody who took it the way he did. Mm-hmm. Um, just, they it, also, was, it was just so um, chaotic and insane of a character that they need somebody who's just like, I'm fully committed, I'm in, let's do it. Yeah, he almost didn't do it because they only offered him $250,000 to film it. Really? Yeah, that was their initial pay line for him and he went, fuck no. And, yeah, uh, the fuck? They upped it. Also, this yeah. is not an Easter egg that has to do with Iron Man 2, but I'm on Mickey Rourke's Wikipedia page, and this is a sentence word for word. In 2020, Rourke appeared in the Fox television show The Masked Singer. He donned a costume known as the Gremlin. He was infamous for just revealing himself rather than being voted yeah! off by the audience. Oh my god, I forgot that happened! <laughs> he li- so you like- watched the show. Did he just take off his mask? He literally, he he finished his performance and he says, he says, it's hot in here. And he just starts pulling it off and they're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what do we do? And he just took it, he just revealed himself. Why? Why? <laughs> Did he not get it? No, I, like, I just think he was like, I don't want to be in this thing anymore. Also, uh, that little dance you were mentioning about Sam Rockwell, he yeah. used to just do that before he went on on set because he said that that little dance got him in his mindset for the character and that they asked him just to do it for the expo. And like, that was his, it's just, he does that little dance and that was his his character thing. I love it. It, it reminds um, me of like John Mulaney's little like shimmy thing. Mm. could be a nursery could be a nursery um yeah uh the other cute little easter egg the reason the suitcase armor is called the football 
is because that's what the briefcase that holds the nuclear launch codes for the president is called. That's not cute. <laughs> I didn't say it was cute. Yes, you did. Oh, did I? I didn't you said this is a cute it. little fun fact. It's named after the nuclear football. <laughs> it's named after the nuclear, the briefcase that the nuclear launch codes is in, the football. Um, I think those were all the fun ones. Uh, yeah, that's all about Terrence Howard. Oh, Sam Rockwell took this role without reading the script. He knew nothing. They just said, hey, they're interested in you for um, this character. And he went, okay. I think he just knew that this might kick off. And he was like, I'll get my foot in the door. He, well, he'd also worked with John Favreau before. And him and Justin Thoreau are like best friends and have been for a really long time. You mean John Favreau? No, Justin Thoreau, the writer. Thoreau. Okay, I heard, I was like the, the prime minister of Canada. No, I yeah, that's Thoreau. what I heard too. I was, like, I was like, okay, cool. They're friends. Where does that lead into this? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, like, the, the Canada. Oh, what? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Actually, I have comic books from Civil War Two that they did in 2016. Where Justin Trudeau is like a canonical person in the Marvel universe. Stop. <laughs> like they drew him in everything. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Um. Yeah. Justin and, Trudeau uh, has seven point seven million likes on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just, just need uh, to throw that out there. Also, Don Cheadle, this is just a fun fact about Don Cheadle, legitimately a fun fact. Uh, he thought Iron Man was a robot until the first Iron Man movie came out, and then he went, oh, it's not a robot. Honestly, me. <laughs> Remember how last episode I said, oh yeah, a bunch of kids thought that? Yeah. Everybody thought he was a robot. That's um, fair. Again, he wasn't a big name. Speaking of kids, the little tiny part when the the little kid in the Iron Man oh. mask. Peter Parker. No. No, that's yeah. the thing. That's what we were talking about in the beginning. They it was just a kid. Peter Parker. And then after they got the rights to Spider Man, they John Favreau and no, Kevin Feige. Tom Holland. No, it oh, wasn't it started an with Tom- It was fucking Tom Holland. Was like, oh yeah, that little kid in Iron Man Two is me. That's well, actually, no. It started as a fan theory, and Tom Holland ran with it, and then and confirmed Kevin... it, and then they were just like, "Cool, okay." And Kevin Feige and John Favreau were like, "Yeah, why not? Sure." It just was Queens, fucking fine, cool. It, that's it, Peter Parker now. I just so... feel it's like I feel like their reaction is just like two very annoyed dads. Like they're a couple, and Tom's just bothering both of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Sure, sure, Tom. Yeah, whatever. Fine. You want to f- fuck it? Anyway, that part was very cute. And um, Tony looking at him and just going, great work, kid. And then yeah. he leaves. Yep. Also, quick reminder, uh, Emily Blunt was supposed to be Natasha Romanoff. Stop! Yeah. But oh Gulliver's God. Travels got in the way, and she couldn't film the movie, and so then they Stop. picked Scarlett Johansson. I'm, I'm, I'm upset. <laughs> yeah, there's a an alternate universe where Sam Rockwell is Tony Stark, and and Emily Blunt is Iron Man is uh Nat Romanoff, Black Widow, and um Tom Hiddleston also, is Thor. Yeah, <laughs> not that um Scarlett Johansson isn't very good in this she's just a strange human being 
Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, uh, there's also an alternative universe where fucking, um, Tom Cruise is Tony Stark. Yeah, that too. But it's the Justin Hammer one always gets me because her, him, and Emily Blunt in this movie makes this movie very different. Um, yeah, where we where we still have um, Andrew Garfield Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, and uh, Howard Stark. You know, it is confirmed by John Favreau that Howard Stark. It was his him talking about the Stark Expo is supposed to be inspired by Walt the videos of Walt Disney talking about Epcot because the Stark um it's it's a future the expo develops out of Stark wanted to create a futuristic city and it just wasn't possible and it turned into the expo which is the exact same thing that happened with Walt Disney Walt Disney was Epcot was supposed to be um a city and then he died and everybody was like we don't know how to make Epcot what he wanted to make Epcot um, so we're going to make it a park and it's going to be about culture and all that. Is it, isn't the scene from the first Avenger where, uh, Bucky and Steve go to see the flying car that Howard's presenting. Isn't that like the original Stark Expo? No, that's the world's fair. World's fair. Okay. Which Disney was also upset. Disney loved the fucking world's fair. Um, that's why the, the line is, um, make way for tomorrow and that's the song they play because it's a play on there's a great big beautiful tomorrow, which was the song for Epcot that plays in the Carousel of Progress. Um, also, Jessica Beale was almost Natasha Romanoff. That's the other one that I couldn't think of. She probably would have been good. Yeah. It was her, her, Natalie Portman, Jessica Alba, Angelina Jolie, and Emily Blunt. <laughs> Jessica Alba. Remember 2007. Yeah. What's Jessica um, Alba even do anymore? Uh, just living off the residuals of the original Fantastic Four and the Meet the Fockers movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is my last fun fact that's not an Easter egg. That's just a fun fact. Um, he, and because you're watching this in timeline order, you'll understand this. When he's setting up the lab to create the new element, one of the crates he opens is called Project Pegasus, which is from Captain Marvel. I think, yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, um, because, and I can say this because it doesn't actually happen. Captain Marvel was originally supposed to appear in Age Ultron. Of Ultron. Age yeah, of Ultron. in Avengers 2, Age of Ultron, and they decided that that was too much. No, it would have been, listen, it would have, I understand that Captain Marvel came way too late. It would have been a clusterfuck if at the end of Age of Ultron, they introduced Captain Marvel and Spider-Man. Ultron was not the movie to introduce those characters. No, because like, there's like, and I like that movie, and that movie gets better the further you get into the MCU. You realize how important and good it is. But like, mm-hmm. it would have been a clusterfuck. Yeah, yeah, like it would have been far too much. Um, okay, so last little thing, uh, Easter eggs. Obviously, we see the shield. The yeah, the Captain America. Uh, yeah, it's like this like weird half built. Yeah, it was supposed to be a combo. It was somebody tried to build a combination of the arc reactor and the shield. Oh, it didn't work. Um, it's also this is the first movie where we find out Howard Stark helped found Shield. We didn't know that beforehand. Um, they talk about in one of the scenes you see the footage of Hulk destroying 
Harlem and the scene that takes place at Culver University that doesn't matter. You see Wakanda as a location for a possible Avenger person, someone to keep an eye out. Yeah, as a possible superhero. We already went over the Thor one. Um, yeah, the activity map teased all sorts of shit. Um, which is... I honestly couldn't pick up on what the significance was on the other locations. I know there's one, like, in the middle of the ocean, and people think that's like, oh, Namor. We are never going to have Namor in the MCU. No, never. Everybody needs to just let it go. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it as an Easter egg. You know what I mean? As I'll an Easter egg, it's fine, but we're never going to have him. Just let it die. Oh, yeah, no, I don't I don't think we're going to get him. I don't think it's necessary for us to get him. I just think, okay, cool, Easter egg. He may or may not exist. Yeah. Um. It's just, God, I can't. Um, I'm trying to find the other one I wanted. Oh, there's a mark. Um, one of the other marks is there's a mark in Greenland, and it sets the stage for that they might know where Cap is and that they're looking for Cap because he went down near Greenland. Um, and the rest of the map teases is what I'm pulling up now. Um, Norway is tagged because of Thor and possibly Captain America. Um, Wakanda is tagged because think, of Wakanda. Yeah, and then <laughs> there's one in the middle of the ocean, and everybody's like, "It's Namor," and we're getting Namor, or however the fuck you say it, and we're getting Atlantic. We're getting the MCU version of it. No, we're no, not getting him. No. He just has May his. his he, he Nick Fury's watching him. Yeah, um, and there's something to do with like his film rights are fuzzy his are with universal kind of like hulks yeah nobody really knows who he belongs to um so that's never happening just let it down it's also like you're never gonna get the other than like the super mainstream ones you're not gonna get the characters from dc and marvel that are like copies of each other and there's always one that is more popular than the other so like dc has aquaman you're gonna stick with it i yeah, I'm like yeah. reading the Wikipedia on Namor now. Yeah. And I was like, this is just... This but is it's also like <laughs> the MCU will be getting the Fantastic Four and Mr. Fantastic. The DCEU will never have Plastic Man in it. Like, Yeah, because nobody gives a shit about Plastic Man. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's, but he's a better... Mr. Fantastic's the worst. Yeah, no, he's, Plastic Man's a better person than Reed Richards, but like one's more important to the story. I'm curious how they're going to do that, but we'll talk about that later. I mean, they didn't make Hank Pym a complete piece of shit, so... They didn't make Scott Lang a complete piece of shit. Wait, why is Scott Lang a p- piece of shit Scott in the Lang's comics? not great in the comics, either. Scott Lang goes through, like, an angry period after he gets out of jail, where oh. he's, like, not the best... Nobody who's ever wore the, wore the Ant-Man suit is, like, the best person in the comics. Okay, because I've always heard about why Hank Pym's the worst, and I've heard someone describe it as... Hank Pym beats his wife. Yeah. And somebody once said, you know you're a bad superhero when the best thing you did was give it up to someone else. Yeah. Um, so that's why I thought. I was like, oh, Scott Lang's a good guy. There's also a whole thing that has to do with Cassie getting really sick, and it's a whole fucking thing. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah. There, I don't know why Marvel likes making so many of their characters assholes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 
Also, fun fact, in the comics, Ant-Man dates Jessica Jones. How? How? <laughs> it's when she's Jewel. It's before the Purple Man when she becomes really serious. It's when oh, she's, like, happy. Like, okay, because, like, the way the show portrays, like, the second the accident happened, she was always just, like, kind of emo. Yeah, you have to remember, when the accident happened, she's uh, happy for a little while. And then got it. things get worse from there. The Purple Man happens, and that's what fucks her up. Yeah. But, anyways... Um, Coma girl. Does anybody, does uh, anybody else have any other final things they want to? I just really want to see Justin Hammer come back in some capacity. Like they, they mentioned his weapons in um, Luke Cage. Yeah. Give us Sam Rockwell again. Yeah. That would be, that would be fun. No, yeah. Um, I, I just, I love him and I want it. But. My my one thing uh, for um, Thor, mm-hmm. the, which is next, I think Thor is like one of the only ones that I have like absolutely no knowledge on. Um, going into it, like, honestly, though, none of us did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, like, because I like I yeah. really don't know anything about Thor. I honestly forgot Thor existed. Um. I forgot um, that Chris Hemsworth was even in the MCU. <laughs> oh, you're in for a delight in the first Thor movie where they try to bleach his eyebrows. Oh no! It's a bad look. It's a bad look. <laughs> oh no! Very bad. And then you just mentioned Hawkeye earlier. He's yeah, in he there? comes in. Yeah, just not as a big. Ca- very similar to the way Natasha and Black Widow comes into Iron Man Two is how Hawkeye comes into Iron. Man. I would say even less. Yeah. I also forgot that character existed and that Jeremy Renner was in the MCU. They do <laughs> like, Hawkeye so dirty, and if they don't make it better in this fucking Hawkeye TV series, I'm going to be pissed. Well, I honestly think they're going to... Bless you. I really think that they're going to try to use the TV show to pivot to Kate Bishop because Jeremy Renner's become controversial. They're getting rid of all of them. <laughs> That's really what it's coming down to, is they're, they're setting the stage for the new group. That's not Chris Hemsworth, et cetera. I mean, Chris Hemsworth has three more movies, so I think he's sticking around for a bit. Yeah, but he's not going to be Thor. No. Well, he is, but he isn't. Like, It's weird because like Thor is a title, but in his case, it's also his name. Yeah. But he's not going to be Thor. He's going to be... Thor, Thor, Guardian of the Galaxy. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, so that is our episode on Iron Man 2. We will be back next week with another one of my my top movies in the MCU, Thor. Um, An underrated one in the MCU, I have under, to say. Deeply underrated, and we'll get into that next week because I have a, a what I think is a pretty con- concise idea on why Thor did so poorly, but um, we will talk about that next week. This has been Marvel School for Dummies, Iron Man 2. Thanks so much, you guys, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.